what up, troublemakers? The Bruce Bones out there. We are back. We're here to re- preview the new upcoming NBA season. We did have uh, a nice plan. Well, actually, let me introduce. Sorry, it's been a while since we've done this. Uh, let me introduce my special guest, somebody I've been trying to in- get on the podcast for a while, coming all the way from the land of supersonics. Sean, what's going on, man? Yo, yo, not not much, dude. Yeah. Time no uh, no talking in person. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're always we're always uh, we're on different coasts, but we're always sending basketball memes. So so I'll bring them on the podcast. Yeah, commiserating about our hometown wizards. Yeah, um, there's no LeBron stands on the on the pod today, so I'm looking out, making sure they oh, don't they don't pop up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, been meaning to bring you on the podcast, and um, you know, I had um. I was going to have a real organized podcast, going to bring like a really advanced staff podcast, really smart podcast, but then Jimmy Butler went to practice yesterday, and this, just throw everything away, because we have to talk uh, about yeah, that we, first. We got to talk some Jimmy Buckets, man. <laughs> yeah. sure. it's, it's wild. Um, so as you may know, uh, if you are following, have been following the NBA offseason, Jimmy Butler, um, he's in the last year of his contract with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. He... Um, or he wants to be traded, or he he says he's not going to resign, so it's better for the Wolves to trade him. He's basically demanding a trade, um, and he put up a couple places. I think initially it was the Nets, the Knicks, and the Clippers, um, and it looked like he was going to actually get traded to the Heat, uh, but that kind of fell through because Minnesota doesn't want to trade him because they they want to trade him for like a king's ransom, basically. It's not so much that they don't want to trade him. But anyway, he was upset about that. Uh, he showed up to practice, and he um, just burnt the whole place down, basically, and metaphorically, of course. Um, he showed up to practice. He was just yelling at everyone, specifically Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Um, he said, you fucking need me. This is screaming to the, the GM, uh, Scott Layden. You fucking need me. You can't win without me. And then he... Played with the third string. He just picked up the third string and then beat the first team. Just actually whooped their ass. <laughs> and it was like their scrimmage. And then just left after like a, he was there for like a, he showed up like an hour late <laughs> and then left after like an hour. So uh, move, man. yeah, it was definitely a I he he definitely <laughs> he definitely cannot be there anymore. Um, he can I cannot have made it more clear that he's not want to be there. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Sean? Go ahead and give your, uh, uh I, I think you're kind of underselling it by saying he, uh, figuratively burned down the building. I think he pretty much literally burned down the building <laughs> with the game that he, uh, reportedly played. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is like one of the most wild things. I, I was actually talking about this, uh, I think yesterday with you, I think this is probably like the wildest like locker room incident probably since like the 2010 like wizards like uh beef which just like if 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 uh, people forget what happened there uh gilbert arenas and jabaris crittenden mm-hmm. uh literally pointed <laughs> uh i think i think Gil, uh, gills was unloaded but pointed guns at each other in the locker room yeah they were like playing cards or something it was like on the t- it was on the team plane. I think they were coming back from like a road game or something, and they were yeah. The, the, there was a card debt that, that that like happened. I think they were playing cards on the plane or something. Yeah, but yeah. They pointed guns at each other in the locker room, and that pretty much uh, torpedoed that era of Wizards basketball at least officially. But this is like about the most wild thing 
uh, the wild storyline that I've heard from an NBA locker room like since then, and definitely the most wild saga in this like latest trend, uh, which pretty much forced uh, ownership and management to blow up that whole team. Uh, and this is about like one of the, the worst locker room situations I can think of until then. Uh, maybe something's slipping my mind, but I mean, this is totally nuts. Like you have uh, one dude who, um, uh, uh, well, I think another important thing about this whole incident is the timing of it too. One thing that's really interesting is that Jimmy basically waited until the season was about to start uh, to demand a trade, obviously a suboptimal time to try to trade arguably your best player. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. Well, according to him, that's not true. I think he said that like during the off season, and I don't think I, I have to, I have to look up the quote. But he was talking about in that interview. He like discussed it, maybe not as seriously, but he did say like he was probably not going to resign. And then you know they didn't do anything about it. And then he was just like, all right, well, I want to leave. Like he's like more explicitly said it. And then like not, then he would show up to practice and. Um, he uh, and called um, Anthony Wiggins. He called him um, Tim Timothy. What is he? Timothy Hor- um, Horton Jr. or something like that. <laughs> um, oh my god! And he called. He called. Uh, he called Cat. He called him uh, Dominican Enos Cantor. shit ever in my life yeah um oh and the funniest thing is wiggins dapped him up when he left when he just like i i don't know if he stormed out or he just like walked off but he was like all right see you tomorrow man like this must be just because he's canadian i don't know this, they're too nice <laughs> yeah, too, too polite to, <laughs> yeah. to uh, give him the cold shoulder then, <laughs> um yeah that, that was interesting i think like the the sad timberwolves fan uh fans online like their big takeaway from this whole thing was just like dude andrew wiggins he had a really good, like, he had, like, a really sick game in that scrimmage, too. Like, he was the second best player on the court, like, after Jimmy. And it's, like, if, if that's, like, what you got to attach yourself to to, like, feel positive about that whole situation, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty dark, right? Um, uh, uh, oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, the other element of the trade that, I, and I mean, like, to be honest, I'm not up on any developments that happened today. Because uh, I, I have some, I have some developments. Oh, oh, really? So they canceled practice today. <laughs> and then they apparently, according to Shams, um, um, what's Shams' full name? Do you know Shams' full name? Yeah, yeah, uh, Yeah, um, he, he said that they had a players-owning meeting, and Jimmy Butler said, like, I'm going to work hard for you as long as I'm here. You know, I, just, I guess he still wants to be traded, but, like, while I'm here, I'm still going to, like, work hard. Um, yeah, so he basically said, like, I'm going to, like, work hard like the same work ethic and everything and um Corey jeff teague tweeted shams was like that's fake news he didn't he didn't that never happened it wasn't players only so it's just a big mess it's a huge mess yeah. gigantic mess i mean i don't even know like really what to make of the tweets uh about the scrimmage because like you know half of them being from wads or just like written like i don't know like an nba fanfic like level stuff you know where i feel like he's like really exaggerating the language i'm not doubting that it actually happens like i'm sure this all actually happened but like it, it just feels like <laughs> so much more dramatic than it might have actually been mm-hmm. uh not to undersell it because it's still like you said a uh, total goddamn mess um but yeah and i mean the, the other element that i read about is he basically just like killed cat like as a person yeah like his is like 
morale and soul were just like completely demolished. Well, uh, <laughs> it's funny you say because basically after uh, Jimmy Butler left, Cat grabbed everybody and like put them in a huddle and like gave them speech like, "Hey man, like." We gotta like I forgot what he's that quote. He's basically like, oh, we need to stop worrying about like the talking and come together. And everyone in the team was just like, um, Jimmy Butler just made you look like a bitch, dude. <laughs> like I'm not listening to anything that you're saying. So I, mean, I think the quote that I heard was he was saying, uh, like we need to. Uh, he had a speech about keeping your emotions in check. That's what it was. Yeah, he said keep your emotions, and everyone just like kind of rolled their eyes at him. Yeah, I, I mean it's kind of like imagine if you know. Your one of your coworkers just came into work one day and just like fucking like smashed and like flipped everything and was like cursing at everyone and yelling at them like you need me you need me you need me and stormed out. It was it's like, and, that... like everyone's like feeling all distressed and then like some dudes just like now we need to keep our emotions in check everyone like we we, we can't be unreasonable about this. It's like a <clears throat> SNL sketch. There's like or like there's like a sketch or like it's not super funny but it's like it made me think of that where it's like. They always think they're like two characters think they're gonna get fired and there's like shit on everybody where they're just like oh you suck because of this you left you like you never changed the coffee and all this and then like, just like, really mean things that's basically what happened where he's just like cat you suck you're soft Jimmy Butler I mean um Andrew uh, Wiggins you're you're Canadian and weird I don't know like what's going <laughs> on <laughs> um but yeah I mean so how do you feel about um. The way that Jimmy Butler has approached this, like, do you approve of it? Or? I mean, how, how I feel about it, how he approached it is, like, I, I love that he did it just because, like, the drama is amazing, and it's amazing to read all these stories and quips. Uh, but on the other hand, a very suboptimal way to do it, I would say. Uh, like, like, he's, like, even way more bad blood than what already existed because uh, the other element of the, the trade, uh, and I think what informed the timing a bit, or at least this is a rumor I heard, I'm not sure if it's still up to date, but that Cat was not signing his extension until the team did something to get rid of Jimmy Butler, basically. Uh, and uh, the, the, the rumor that I had heard, and I don't know if it's still relevant, is that um, once Jimmy had heard that, he was like, okay, trade me, get me off this team. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> so... You know, that's that stuff is all compounded. Um, so as for the way he went about it, I definitely think uh, not good. Mm-hmm. But I cannot disagree with, like, any single thing that Jimmy Butler has said about the team. <laughs> that's a funny thing. So it's, it's kind of complicated. Like, like, he's being a total asshole, but he's completely right. Like, you know, Cat and Wiggins are, are getting paid like leaders on the team. Uh, but, you know, half the nights they don't even look like they really want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Cat uh, really only gives effort on one end. Wiggins doesn't really give effort on either end. And they're both, you know, about to be paid, like, over the next couple of years, probably, like, I think it was double Jimmy's salary. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's unreasonable at all for Jimmy to point out, it's just like, look, you're paying these guys tons of money. They're not making any progress, whether that's their fault or the coach's and management's fault is another issue entirely. But in, in meanwhile, he's getting kind of short shrift, right? And so I could definitely see how Cat demanding that Jimmy get traded to another team would be like a tipping point for him, just like total frustration. Well, you have to think yeah. about Jimmy Butler as a player because Jimmy Butler did not come in as like a blue chip like lottery pick. He was the 30th pick. Um, he was like the last pick in the first round. Um and he really, 
he was like a really good defender. He's always been a really good defender, but he has, he's like every year he improved his offense and all his all around game to become a perennial all star. He had to work his ass off to get where he is now. So I get his mentality when you have two number one picks, one who looks like uh, at least on offense and Cat who looks like he's going to be a very dynamic player, and Andrew Wiggins who really hasn't done. I mean, he's a solid player, but not number a number one player, like not worthy of the number one pick, is what. I, so. And you have these guys who are yeah. these guys who are basically been handed everything. They've been handed the keys to the franchise, and they don't even want to work. That would piss me off too. I get that. I wouldn't have done what I what Jimmy did today, but yeah, because I mean, would you want Jimmy Butler on the Wizards? Uh, at this point, no. Yeah, because like uh... I feel like Jimmy Butler would be a great addition to this team. Like he's a better version of Otto Porter, kind of. And the fact that he's like a great defender and stuff like that, but I, it once it goes wrong, and with DC Sports and with the Wizards in general, like it's gonna go wrong at some point. He's he's yeah. I mean, he, I could totally see him, you know, having the same shouting match with John Wall. Honestly, you know, has similar questions. Obviously, not to the degree that like Cat uh, or Wiggins does, but it doesn't look like he's giving full effort all the time. You know, he'd probably get into it with Marquise Morris too. You know, there, there are a bunch of players on that team. Um, that I don't think would live up to Jimmy's ridiculous expectations of, like, <laughs> how badly you should want to win. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and maybe they're not ridiculous. You know, he really wants to get that chip. And I would say it's not ridiculous for to, to demand that of Cat, certainly. It's like, if you want to be, like, a genera- generational talent as a big man, like, you have to be able to play defense. And right. Cat has not shown that at all, uh, certainly this past season. Um, I think it's a big reason why he fell off the list of, uh, I don't know if you heard about the GM survey, but the year before, uh, he was one of the like top picks for like, who would you want to build a franchise around? And this year, like literally no one voted for him. I didn't see that, but I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. His stock has really fell. It's fallen like really dramatically. And I would say the same for Wiggins, but his like fell way earlier. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the, the weird thing about the, the Jimmy Butler situation, though, now is just due to whether it's like the Wolves have legitimately not been hearing or getting good trades from um, other organizations like Miami or whether Tibbs is kind of being ridiculous just so he doesn't have to trade Jimmy Butler. Um, it's really looking like Jimmy might be playing for the Timberwolves at the start of the season. And... You know, it's not unimaginable to me, actually, that after all this drama has unfolded and that all these, like, feelings are out in the air now, basically, it's not inconceivable to me that this team could reconcile and make things work. But it's that's a really crazy scenario, and I don't think it's the most likely one now. Well, I mean, winning cures everything, because, like, when Jimmy Butler was healthy at the beginning of the season last year, the Wolves were great. They were, like, a top three, top four seed in the West. So if they do, I, I think... He's going to be gone, and I think either he's going to be on another team, or he—I don't think they're going to bring him into play. I don't think they can. I don't think they can have him there every day, unless, unless. Well, Tibbs did say Tibbs did say like he was like, "I love the intensity," which is, which was the. This is hilarious. He just saw like cats like sobbing in the corners. Like I love it. This is more easy. He's just such an old school guy. It's very funny. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure like like there, there could be like a knife fight at like the end of one of the games, and Tibbs is just like, I really like the effort. <laughs> yeah. you, you guys, you guys left it all on the court. You know, your your sweat, your tears, your blood. Just 
<laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, Wolves are a mess. Yeah, and I think we're we're, we're going to say like if they do lose Jimmy Butler, which seems almost certain and is probably best for their future, they're out of the playoffs this year, right? Um, yeah, we're going to get into like our picks for the playoffs, but yeah, I didn't put them in mind because I I built my Western Conference just thinking that um, that um, that Jimmy Butler wouldn't be with the Wolves. I I just assumed that, and he is like I mean. Like you were saying, too, and, and I guess this can be the, the final point if you want to start talking about the um, playoff picture, uh, but if you look at the record with and without Jimmy Butler, um, granted that's not all Jimmy Butler's responsibility, but I could... A, another reason I think he's totally valid in his feelings of, like, you guys don't, like, value me enough is the... I didn't really absorb this before, but, like, the um, the Wolves with him... Uh, were not only like a four seed, they were like a, a 60 plus percent win, uh, win total team mm-hmm. with him on the court. Um, without him, they were like, like at 40 basically. Right. <laughs> like, I think they did like when he wasn't on the court, they won only 10 times and lost 13 times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we could, if we just extrapolate that to next season, they're, you know, especially in the thick of the West playoff race where like, you know, last year teams that were well over 500 were out. Like, there's, I, I don't think there's any scenario for the Wolves without JB getting back. And a those. certain like, I, I mean, well, we could get into it. Uh, the playoff thing. Well, gonna, and also LeBron James is in the West now, and I don't. People, I think people are crazy saying that like the Lakers won't make the playoffs. That's a that's a guaranteed spot. The Lakers will be in the playoffs. It may be the eighth seed, but they'll be in the playoffs. The last thing I want to ask you, and then we can move on to the playoff predictions. Um, do you think where do you think Jimmy goes? Where do you think he ends up? It could be. It doesn't necessarily be at the beginning of the season. We could say by like the trade deadline. Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, most likely, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I thought Miami actually wasn't a, a bad destination for him necessarily. Um, he, uh, I mean, that probably wouldn't be good for Miami long-term to have Jimmy Butler and then kind of, like, outperform where they should be. Um, but I think Miami makes sense for him. Uh, there's definitely no other stars that he's going to clash with there. That would be the big thing. I, I can I, see him yelling at Hassan Whiteside a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, so wasn't it, was it Jimmy Butler who, like, commented on Gabriel Union's photo? Do you remember uh, that? Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was. I, I think know. it was Jimmy Butler. Like he commented, he just like put eyes emoji on her photo, and he was like, and he's like, Jimmy, he was like, uh, we need to talk, and he was like, don't do that again. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that was kind of a. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think I, that was kind of like a goof. Yeah, but I guess as long as he like you know, chills, chills away, like doesn't look too closely at, um, too long at uh, Gabriel Union, he should be fine. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, we can get uh, in... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, I think um, another team that was in discussions that does make sense for Jimmy Butler would be uh, Houston. Um, I, I think that would definitely put Houston back and talk of, like, can they be Western Conference contenders? Okay, yeah, I think that's the two options. I guess it's it's pretty much Houston, Miami, and maybe the Clippers now. We'll see what happens. Um, it's unfortunate. I, it's a real, I'm really annoyed... <laughs> 
that this happened so close to like the beginning of the season. Go, we you can't do. It's hard for to definitively say like who's gonna be where when you don't know when like like a top ten, top fifteen player in the league is gonna be. You know. Yeah, it like completely screws the playoff prediction, <laughs> right? Because right? it's like if he switches conferences, it's like yeah, okay, like what does this do to the East playoff picture? Right. right. You know. But we can get into our totally inaccurate playoff predictions. You want to start west? Or you want to start east? Uh, let's do east first. I I, I did a, just to give you a heads up. I did a much more detailed breakdown of the east where I like went super hard and like looking at like wind shares and like projecting minutes and stuff to like get actual like wins and seating. I love it because I, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love and it because like... I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do that for the West because I ran out of time. Like, I was like, you know, last night I was just like, oh man, I do not have time to do that for the Western Conference. I'm yeah. just going to totally make something up tomorrow. So, uh, you know, yellow. But uh, uh, you can go first, actually, because I, I think I have a, a couple of hot takes in here. All right, cool, cool. I'll um, drop on you. I'll start from uh, I'll start from eight to one. Uh, I have um, Detroit, the Pistons. Feel like a full year, Blake Griffin. And uh, Andre Drummond, I mean, I don't think they're going to be very good, um, but you know, it's good enough to get uh, to get the eight seed in the East. You should be if you have two star players, you know, even though they do play similar positions, it should you should at least be in the playoffs. Um, I have Miami, um, and we could change the seeding um, depending on if Jimmy Butler gets there, but I think they they get in even as a constructor. I think they're a playoff team considering. Also, let's just assume that. Um... That the Wolves lose Jimmy, but we don't know where he ends up. Yeah. Just for the purposes of this exercise. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, I was also going to say, you also have to think that um, with the, the last those last two spots, at least one team isn't going to make the playoffs from last year. I think you know who it is. To, it's, I mean, Tristan Thompson thinks they're the best in the West, and he's very trustworthy. Ask Khloe Kardashian how trustworthy he is. Um but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the Cavs. The Cavs are definitely not going to be in the playoffs, so there's definitely a room for at least one team to sneak in. So that's why ha- okay. that's what I was kind of my thinking of throwing. I I thought about putting Char- Charlotte in there in the eighth spot, but I just think that there's a, at least two stars in in Detroit. But anyway, um, six I have uh, our hometown Washington Wizards. Um, hopefully, if they stay healthy, um. I, I have to see them, like, in a real-life game. That's why I don't want to hype them up too much. But they should be hovering around that 4, 5, 6 range, I, I think. Um, yeah, I feel that. And in um, 5, I have Indiana. Um, they should, if they are anywhere close to what they were last year, they should definitely be knocking on the door on 4. Um, 4, I have Milwaukee. Um, Giannis, he could shoot, he, he's going to shoot threes now. Um uh, three. Um, actually, I'm gonna call an audible. I'm gonna change, um, my two. I I had these Ooh. two. I had two and three. Uh, switched. What I'm gonna say. Toronto three. Um, because Ooh. questions about Kawhi because we haven't seen him. He looks good in preseason, but he we haven't seen him in a real game yet. So I want to. I'm very cautious when it comes to injuries. So I, I they would if Kawhi is anything like he was, it like his. Like this, before he got hurt, um, yeah, they should be a top three seed, easy, probably number two seed. Um, number two, I'm gonna say Philly. Um, Philly was way ahead of schedule. I, I don't think they should really fall off too much, uh, especially playing in the East. And then uh, 
what a lot of people are saying might be the best team in the regular season, maybe not in the playoffs because that's obviously the Warriors. But um, I'm going to say the Boston Celtics as much as I hate to say it. Um, yeah. It, it does make me want to vomit. Yeah. The, <laughs> I think they're the clear number one. But if you look at, like, just – all their guys, like every everyone, steps up for them. Look at the playoffs. Look at Jason, what Jason Tatum did there, and they made it to the conference finals without their two best players. So, yeah, I mean, if they if Kyrie and Gordon are anywhere near what they were before they got hurt, then that's a shoe in for the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say so. I had one quick question just about the Celtics, uh, just while we're on the topic. Um, so uh, another story, kind of pre Jimmy Butler, that was coming up a lot is like. Uh, Kyrie keeping talking about how he's going to resign with Boston. Right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not you know set in stone until he puts pen to paper. Um, but it, it seems at least verbally like he wants to stay in Boston. But I was actually thinking something uh, interesting given Kyrie's injury history. Uh, even though he's a really important player for the Celtics now, do you actually see a scenario in which the Celtics actually don't want to resign him? And I'm kind of thinking that scenario could be, like, maybe if he plays fewer than, uh, I don't know, like, 50 games this season. Like, he has a really gnarly injury that just adds to his uh, to his history. Um, you know, the Celtics actually have a decent backup one guard in Rogier. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do, do you think they could sort of just, like, cut bait with Kyrie? Um, I think there's here? a possibility if he has, like, another, like, devastating injury. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a lot of money they'll they'll owe him. Um, so I could see it, but I I think that if he wants to be there, if he really wants to be there, they'll they'll find room for him. And as of now, but I guess if he does get hurt again, I could see that. I don't think that whole that whole Knicks thing was dumb. I they, people are keep doing this thing ever since LeBron went back to Cleveland. They keep doing a thing where it's like, oh, Katie's from DC, he's coming to the Wizards, or you know. Because Kyrie's from New Jersey, so like it's like, oh, he's from New Jersey, and it's like that's not that's that's not how players think. <laughs> then you have to... Well, also like, like the, the the dumbest part of the Kyrie thing is like, okay, maybe he's thinking about the Knicks, but like his not... favorite team is the Nets, and like I I could see a scenario where if he wants to play in New York, like the Nets have plenty of cap space. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly feel like it's more likely that he'd want to go there, just given like his personal feelings about the team. Uh, you know, I'm kind of talking out my ass here, but I definitely. So, so are people who say he's. Like, I mean, yeah, don't worry. I mean, everyone else is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the thing about LeBron James when he went back to Cleveland was like he also played like most of his career there. It wasn't just that he grew up there. It was like he grew up there and played. He spent most of his adult life there. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and like the other thing about the Knicks is like another reason that LeBron went back is because they actually had the promise of being able to put like like really star caliber talent around him for the Knicks is like they have cap space, but you know, their best player has, uh, is really severely injured Mm -hmm. and you know, his future is kind of in question. So that's another awkward element about New York. Like, like it would need to be a thing where it's like, uh, Katie and Kyrie and probably someone else are going to New York as well. Well, I, I, well, I'll make this quick so we can get into your picks, but I, I, I've had one of the things that I can't do anymore. I got a lot of pleasure out of, um, watching the Lakers whiff on free agents and all the photoshops of all, like, star players that, like, Lakers fans would put on Twitter for, like, the last, like, five years. No, I don't have oh, that Oh, those any... are, like, my lifeblood. 
I yeah. love looking at them. I thought they would replace the Knicks, but it's just kind of sad. Knicks fans are just kind of sad. I love New York <laughs> New York sports Twitter, but yeah, so it's not as fun. But yeah, that's like kind of the new thing where it's just like, okay, Kyrie's going to bring Jimmy Butler, AD, and it's like, and it's been Porzingis, and then we're going to win the champions. Like, there's so much that has to happen for that to, to make sense. <laughs> for real, for yeah. real. Oh man, that's 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 a uh, some more. Okay, so my picks, I actually uh, kind of went in a bit of a di- different direction than you did, um, but uh, I have justifications for all the picks that I made. Generally speaking, um, all right, good. I'm really gonna uh, hold you to the fire. Started like the sorry, what are you saying? I said I'm really gonna hold you to the fire. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, we can just like start at the bottom of the conference, I guess, to mm-hmm. just mention some of these teams. I think like Orlando, Atlanta, uh, the Knicks, and. Chicago, those guys all clearly lottery bound. I was looking at the like the Chicago Bulls especially, and just like looking at their roster for the upcoming year, I'm just like, this team has like almost like process like Sixers level potential of mm. awfulness. It's like they really have no one on the floor because Lowry's out. I guess like Wendell Carter mm. could like do something for them, but that team looks really bleak. Uh, so they're out of the picture. Then kind of in, like, the next tier, I, I feel like Brooklyn is actually, like, they're a super fringe playoff team, but I actually think they won't be as bad as maybe people kind of expect them to be by default. They actually have some pretty nice players like Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and, and I think they should, like, approach, like, they should certainly get over 40, or not 40 wins, sorry, 40%. Yeah. Share, so somewhere around, like, the mid-30s, I would say. Yeah, they're, like, kind uh, of low-key... Um, kind of a, a team to watch. That was probably Charlotte and the Nets is what I would have put in the eight seed. Yeah, like that's that's the other reason why I think like Kyrie would be more inclined to go to the Nets as opposed to the Knicks because I think the Nets are a lot closer to being relevant than the Knicks are. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, obviously that changes if Kristaps uh, comes back. And looks like anything what he used to be. Mm-hmm. That changes the picture a bit. Like just right now, looking at those team, two teams, if you were a star and you're like, I'm trying to make the playoffs next year, you, you pick the Nets easy, right? Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I the Knicks have a lot of projects. I think because like everyone loves Kevin Knox, um, Frankie Smokes is um, Frankie Smokes is definitely still a project. So there's talent there. There's a couple guys, and of course you have Porzingis. But you know they're definitely not playoff ready. You, you can't. I, I think it takes more than one star to make that team like a playoff team, probably. Yeah, like right now, like Trey Burke is one of their best players. It's dark, man. Yeah, it's real dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the eight spot, this was kind of to me uh, a three way tie between three teams. Um, so you picked Detroit here for the eight seed. I actually don't think it's insane that Cleveland could actually sneak into the playoffs as an eight seed. Uh, So that's one of my hot takes. I actually, uh, I personally like Kevin Love a lot. So I'm hoping we see a return to like the, the, the mini, uh, you know, K love Mm -hmm. double doubles every night. Uh, That would be dope. And, you know, some of their role players aren't like terrible, obviously like losing LeBron would be a huge blow. And there could be a scenario where they just, like, are absolutely awful and just totally miss the playoffs. But there's also a scenario where I could see them getting, you know, maybe, like, 37, 38 wins and getting that eight seed just because the East is so bad. Um, but the other teams that they're tied with were uh, Detroit, like you mentioned, uh, and then Charlotte. Um, uh, Charlotte just feels like they're stuck in the 
you know, 10th seed every single year. But mm-hmm. this year, the East is, like, so bad, I could see them slipping into the playoffs. Again. Right. Especially I mean, if, like, Kemba just blows up or something. I, yeah, because it's, it's so wide open that you could see really pretty much, like, Chicago, the Knicks, and, like, um, Atlanta. It's, like, the only teams I could really say, you're definitely not making the playoffs. Did, like, everyone else... Ben or Orlando. Or Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Um, but, like, there's, like, there's like three or four teams, like, okay, you're definitely... It's like, like uh, the other team's like, ah, you probably won't, but I can't say definitively no. Yeah, it, it's really, like, down to luck and probably, like, injuries, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if Caleb misses, you know any more time you know he's got a bit of a history as well you know then i think that the Cavs are easily out of the playoff picture um but proceeding up from there i think uh yeah you had miami at seven two i kind of agree with that i think miami is probably going to regress slightly win wise mm-hmm. from this past year um i think the only like detonation point that they might have would be like if hassan whiteside just gets really pissed off and that locker room becomes really toxic but mm-hmm. you know I think they have the Spo bump. Like, this team would be the Charlotte Hornets without Spo. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he always keeps them relevant. Uh, so, at number six, this is where I start to break from you a little bit. I actually have Indiana at number six. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I want to, like, caveat this up front by saying, like, my, like, four through seven seeds basically are like apart by maybe like one or two wins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, luck breaks differently and these teams like have drastically different playoff um, projections. Uh, but Indiana to me uh, is kind of like a team that um, I, I really like Depot, but I think he might regress slightly this year. Like if I were to just like, if you were just like force me to ask or, or like, like force me to guess, I would say he might slip a little bit this year. I don't really think Indiana did a ton to improve on what they had from last year, if I remember correctly, just Mm -hmm. personnel-wise. So people, like, sort of figure out, um, I think, uh, Darren Collison and Depot and Sabonis in particular. Um, Or I I, I guess the other thing you could see is if Miles Turner really makes a jump, they could go up in the playoff standings, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. Um, so they're six to me, but I could also easily see them being like in the four seed, sort of like what you said. Okay. Um, uh, my fifth seed, and this is probably like the craziest pick I have is, uh, Philadelphia actually. Wow. Okay. So I actually have, yeah, like everyone's like kind of ready to hand the conference over to Boston and Philadelphia. And I think that's eventually what it's going to be. But Philadelphia kind of has the same problem as Indiana where it's like, well, Philadelphia in particular, like, they whiffed on a bunch of free agent mm-hmm. uh, moves this summer, the most significant one being LeBron, where they kind of got a bit embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> where it's like uh, they, they, they had a meeting with, like, his friend or whatever, and his friend just, like, showed up and he's like, oh, yeah, LeBron's not playing for you this year. Bye. He says, like, thank you for the free meal. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that was sad. Um, but... So my thinking here is that um, obviously I think Philly has a lot of talent in Simmons and Embiid, uh, but again this team didn't really improve. They also lost uh, I think a key, an underrated key player in Ilyasova to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think he was kind of important for that Philly team. But uh, also what you have to think about with Philly is that uh, I don't try to put injuries into the forecast a lot. But this is a team that is significantly injured, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, like Embiid had like an anomalously healthy year last year, and I think he still missed somewhere in the realm of like 15, 20 games. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if he can stay healthy, then Philadelphia is much higher in the standings. But if he has any more issues this year, then it could be a struggle. Um, Philly also is going to rely on players like, well, first of all, Markel Fultz, like not being like awful would be one. I mean, he didn't make a three uh, this also... preseason though. Oh yeah. He did make one, three, right? <laughs> one wide open <laughs> corner three. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's like one of four in the game, I think. So it's still like, not like, like chill Philly. Uh, uh, in all seriousness, I hope he does like regain his composure. Cause mm. I think what Markel Fultz can be, He's a really exciting player, um, especially uh, when we get to a post-Warriors era, probably in a couple of years or so. It'll be next God year. Willing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it, it depends <laughs> on Simmons also improving, which I think he can do uh, for sure, uh, and Saric making a jump, which I think he'll also continue to improve, but probably not the rated Simmons. But you also look at Philly's team, uh, their bench is really depleted just injury-wise, too. And it's it's really not that deep a bench. So I think in the regular season, they might regress a bit. But anyway, moving on to the next pick at four, uh, I have the Wizards. Again, that's only one win over Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Wizards are great here, but I think the Wizards can be anywhere uh, from, like, a three seed if everything goes really well to the seventh seed if, like, the worst-case scenario happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll fall out of the playoffs, but um, they, they they have a really high ceiling and low floor, I think. Not the lowest floor. Uh, and we can get more into that toward the end of the podcast. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my top three, at, at number three, I have uh, Milwaukee. Um, the, the big thing here is I think Milwaukee added to their depth enough to get wins in the regular season, but the, the biggest addition... Uh, over anybody else is obviously Coach Bud, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Milwaukee, I think more than anything, has just been hampered over the past few years by just having, like, awful coaching, (laughs) just, like, uh, awful organization in general. Uh, And last year, you know, they fired Jason Kidd midway through the season, Mm -hmm. and who was their their interim? Joe Prunty? Yeah. Um, and, and so, obviously, I don't think either of those two guys were really getting the most out of players like, you know, Giannis or Middleton or anything like that. And even so, the Bucks were still, like, you know, an inch away from making it to the second round and sending their first playoff series win, right? Um, so I think easily with, like, a very competent coach, or not even a competent coach, like an awesome coach and Coach Bud, mm-hmm. uh, I think they have the potential to be a 50-plus win team this year. Um. And then finally, my top two, respectively, would be uh, Toronto and Boston. Boston, we don't really need to go go into why. Mm. Uh, please don't hurt me more by making me discuss how awesome Boston is going to yeah. be. Because how just, deep their team is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other uh, team uh, that makes me want to die with how good they are is going to be Toronto. I mean, they basically traded one of the most inefficient scorers in the whole league for, like, arguably a top five player this summer, which was just a ridiculous coup. Um, uh, again, like you said, like we don't really know much of anything about Kawhi's injury, but I think just his ability to even be on the floor in the preseason was a reassuring sign because, you know, um, the 
at least if we were to conclude that he was really out with health, it sounded like something much more severe mm-hmm. uh, than what it appears to be now, I guess. Um, so I think Kawhi will be back healthy. I don't know how much his addition uh, helps him in the playoffs in the long run. Uh, I guess we can discuss that more. Um, but I definitely think he will keep them like in the top two in the East regular season-wise. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I don't... The Kawhi trade is, like, that's the best thing that both teams could have got. Like, you weren't going to get a player... In San Antonio's perspective, you were going to get a player that of um, Kawhi's value. But you got, like, a like one of the top scorers in the league. Somebody who just, like, get buckets for you. And in, in, uh, DeRozan. And then the Raptors got Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so, it works out for all, both of them. Because, like, it wasn't... It's not like DeRozan is a bum. It's not like they got hosed. Like, obviously, the Toronto won the trade, but, you know, it wasn't like a bum. Yeah, I think whoever was trading with San Antonio was going to win the trade just because, like, San Antonio... I, I will definitely say that San Antonio performed admirably in that trade considering the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think that was one of the better trades they could have possibly gotten for Kawhi, honestly. Um, the Wolves <sighs> should learn from, a, like, a well-run organization... <laughs> I know, right? Well, I mean, if they were a well-run organization, they wouldn't have let their coach be the GM. That is true. I think in general, yeah. it's a bad move. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a trend in sports where it's like that's that's going away. Like it's happening in pretty much every sport. Where like even in like soccer, like you don't have like managers anymore. You just have coaches. Like only the only people who are actual managers in soccer are like old, really old coaches who have just been there forever. And if you look at the NBA specifically, it's been just really bad over the past few years, mm-hmm. like how that's gone for teams. Um, you know, I, I think the most famous example probably would have been Doc on the Clippers, uh, who was uh, managing things, or uh, president of basketball operations, I think was his official title, as well as coach. Um, but what you just see is like, you know, it's, it's impossible for the person to separate the functions of GM, who has to be really, you know, future thinking, thinking about the long-term vision for the franchise and where you want to go versus the coach who's trying to win night to night, right? And that's kind of the same thing you see with Tibbs where I feel like a big part of his reluctance to make like a good faith trade offer for Jimmy Butler is just that he knows that Jimmy Butler is the key to Minnesota being relevant at all. Mm-hmm. Like he clearly knows that it's coach. Um, so they, and, and, you know, also Tibbs is just a total hard ass. <laughs> yeah well it's like um what's the ron swanson goes like don't half-ass two things whole ass one thing just be a yeah. great coach and be a great gm you don't need to be both well we can go west um i don't know um sure. you want me to go first again sure um i have uh portland i'm going eight to one again um portland san antonio denver the Lakers, um, LeBron James is there. I don't know if you know that. Um, OKC. Oh, I didn't. You know, I didn't hear. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't like <laughs> been on the internet in like three months, um, OKC, Utah, Houston, and Golden State. And with Houston and Golden State, you can kind of flip those either way. I just put Golden State because they're probably going to win the title again, but they might be the two yeah. seed because they were the two seed. They were two seed last year, and you know, won the whole thing again. Why, why Houston? Why, why is zero and twenty-seven Houston? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I think uh, I, I think in the West, um, obviously anything below like two or three is just like a total mess mm-hmm. again in terms of positioning. Uh, so I think I kind of agreed with you. Um, I think I uh, let's see what I had here. This this was like my less informed pick, but at at eight I had San Antonio. Um, San Antonio is tough to call because they also had Dejounte Murray. Right, um, he's I think out for the season. Yeah, he's like towards ACL, I believe. That that could honestly be a death blow to the whole you know uh, San Antonio playoff streak. That is, it's been like twenty years or something absurd, right? Um, you know, and, and last year they had a. Uh, uh, a less prominent streak where they were uh, above 600, mm-hmm. I think, for some absurd amount of seasons. Right, right. Too. I think that was ended last year. So it, it just really feels kind of depressing. It's like, you know, of all the sort of like dynasties that the NBA has had, um, you know, since we've been watching it, the Spurs, to me at least, always kind of felt like the most good guy franchise out there. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bummer to see that whole era of basketball kind of, it, it looks like it's pretty much dead. Um, you know, could continue into this postseason potentially. Um, if Demar learns how to play defense, mm-hmm. I think would be the big thing. Well, I mean, you, you have to, you also have to look at like what they did without Kawhi, and they still made the playoffs. They were seventh seed last year, and well, that's very true. That's very it, true. It, it, well, it is it is a little tougher now because you have one extra team who's basically guaranteed a playoff spot in the Lakers, so it, it does make it tougher. But I, I just figured like if they could. Sneak into the playoffs last year without Kawhi, you know you have like half a Kawhi. Half a Kawhi should get you a playoff spot, right? Yeah, I think they can sneak in for sure, but they'll definitely just be absolutely like terminated in the first round. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, that. At number seven, I think I actually rated. Uh, I had the Lakers there. I, I kind of rated them a bit lower than you. I mm-hmm. definitely think they're like a. Uh, an easy into the playoffs unless they have some absolute disaster right uh, <laughs> injury wise or just drama wise occur on the team um i kind of am rating them a bit lower because i think uh just based on the preseason and all of their moves this summer they could have like a really terrible defense <laughs> this year yeah, yeah. um I, and, and i think that might hurt them in the standings um i certainly don't think that they're going to win a series I guess I could see it with LeBron on the team. Like, we'll have to see, like, how God mode he goes. Mm-hmm. But, like, just on paper, I don't feel like they should be beating, like, a Golden State or a Houston in the first round, right? I think they're going to be really fun to watch, though. And I think it's definitely going to hurt them why I couldn't, like, put them in, like, a top four, top three seed is their defense. But I think they're going to I think they're gonna put up a lot of points to make up for that. Like, I, I, you know, it's preseason, but based on what I've seen for preseason, they seem to just, like, really just be going out there – because I think part of that is because, like, LeBron knows he's not winning the title this year, and he's just like, I'm just going to have fun. So they're kind of just having fun out there. And I think that that'll make up for – as long as the chemistry is good, I think it'll be fine. And I think I – think, I agree. I think, I think to, to be the best version of themselves that they can be this season, they really need to play fast, mm-hmm. get out on the break. I think that's what that team is going right. to be all and, about. And I think um, – It is going to be, be, like, really telegenic basketball for sure. Yeah, and I think Lonzo is really going to benefit from playing Le- from LeBron James. Uh, that's true too. Also, uh, Ingram, yeah, I think is is gonna make a big jump this season. I mean, it's you know, everyone benefits. He's that's what that's why like I, that's why I think LeBron is like probably the greatest of all time because how how his effect on his teammates. He can make he can make bad teams. He can take bad teams to the finals. 
Like that's we, we that's, saw we saw him do it uh, just this past right year. exactly. So almost like half the time he's been in Cleveland. And this in this um in this Lakers team isn't bad. It just kind of like there's a lot of weird fits. Like like they got like good players like Rondo and Stevenson was like really or Lance Stevenson like that's kind of weird. How's that gonna work? And like. Man, speaking of things that make me want to puke, seeing Rajon Rondo in a Lakers jersey, it's just I it's mind boggling. Oh like, yeah, our Kurt, our, even... our Garnett and um and um Arnold Garnett and Rondo are mad at like Ray Allen for going to the Heat. Like are they not gonna be pissed at him for going to the the Lakers? Well I guess it like doesn't matter now, the rivalry's not there's not really a rivalry anymore. I mean there's always a rivalry, but not as big as like the Heat rivalry was. Well, I also can't remember, like, was... Uh, did, did Rondo get there through trade or free agency? Like, I honestly don't even care about Rondo anymore, so I just kind of... I don't remember. I think he signed there. I think he signed there, but... Um, yeah, so you... Where were you said Lakers 7? Yeah, so above them I had uh, New Orleans. That's kind of a, a tricky pick because a lot of people are saying... They're a bit depleted after last season. They lost a bit of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have faith in AD to kind of carry them to a sixth spot in the West. Okay. Um, also, just get out in front of it and say that I actually had Portland falling out of the playoffs this year. Um, I think Portland actually kind of overperformed on what they could be or, or what they should have been from last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, uh, especially just based on their postseason performance, they always felt more like a seventh or eighth seed type team to mm-hmm. me. Um and without, like, you know, Dame just going absolutely nuts, I, right. I think the, I think Portland's going to have a really hard time just even, like, staying in the playoff picture. But I could be totally wrong. Um, but, yeah, New Orleans at six. Uh, at five, I had Denver, actually. And I, I could see this sort of interchangeable with the team above them at number four, which I had as OKC. Uh, but Denver, I think, is poised to, to make a big jump talent-wise. I mean, I, th- I think they have one of the most underrated players in the league, Nikola Jokic. Uh, Paul Millsap will hopefully be coming back healthy. Uh, he adds a ton to that team when he's around. I think that was like a low-key uh, storyline from last season, too, is that the, the Nuggets kind of fell out of playoff contention uh, when uh, Paul Millsap was hurt. Right, and I think the the Denver is kind of the sexy pick. A lot of people really like Denver this year, including me. I put them in the playoffs too. I think I put them in the say like fifth, or I put them six. So yeah, I think a lot about of people, the same. Sp- yeah, so like around the same spot. I think everyone is that's they're pretty much everyone saying they're a lock for the playoffs, and they did get a hopefully the, uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, can regain that Boston form. Uh, if he does, then they're definitely going to be in the playoffs for sure yeah absolutely and then you, you know you have guys like uh gary harris is obviously great mm-hmm. i think he'll continue playing great um uh jamal murray you know could make a, a mini jump and be an even better contributor for that team right yeah they're, they're definitely like the hipster like fun team to mm-hmm. watch this year i think they're going to be a blast uh at forehead okc which feels just like a bit routine like, I mean, OKC has pretty much been floating in the spot forever, right? Right, true, yes. Um, they lost Carmelo, which is probably a plus uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you know, they retained Paul George. They're pretty much just running it back, right? I think the other big acquisition, only other big acquisition uh, for them was Dennis Schroeder, um, who actually could be somewhat impactful for them because OKC has had one of the worst 
like uh, depth charts in the in the point guard position. Mm-hmm. Like just over the last few years, they've had some absolutely terrible point guards, like Raymond Felton, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Maynard. Was that his name? Yeah, um, yeah. Just terrible dudes backing up Russ, pretty much. So uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Wizards fan wouldn't know anything about fan. that. <laughs> Wizards fan wouldn't know about backup bad backup point guards. Yeah, it was, uh, OKC is pretty much the only team I can think of that had a worse situation than the Wizards <laughs> over the past like three seasons or something. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, Dennis Schroeder, uh, I obviously hate him. Uh, he was pretty trash as the starting point guard in Atlanta last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as a reserve guard, he's actually one of the better ones. Um, and I think maybe if he can get uh, some of his, let's say, personality issues reined in on the Thunder, I think he could be a pretty impactful player for them in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think OKC's um, success hinges a lot on Roberson. Uh, you know, if we're talking about players whose injuries really impacted their team, that's another dude who's like, the second he was out, like, OKC really struggled mm-hmm. to, to maintain the position that they had. Um, so hopefully he comes back and can stay healthy uh, for them, or not because I'm in Seattle. And he's, and, 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 yeah, uh, true. <laughs> and he's um, he's kind of a glue guy. Where he's like, where he's like, you kind of, he's like a guy that he's not necessarily a star, but like he he's what he does is very important for the team. So it's like, and you don't feel that impact so much. Is more, it's more like you miss him when he's gone, as more than like you appreciate him while he's there. Um, exactly like he's it's it's because like he's not like a super showy offensive player Mm -hmm. but he's an incredible defensive player right that just does not open the box score uh as much as like the offensive impact stats um so i think that's why it's kind of undervalued but i think any thunder fan will tell you he's like one of the most important pieces on the team for sure you know up there with like steven adams or someone um he, he just doesn't pop as much when you're just, like, reading the game stats. <clears throat> but, um, anyway, uh, moving above that, I actually, this team, I think, could be a sleeper two seed as well, but I have the Utah Jazz at number three. Oh, I didn't want to... I'm wanna, really excited to see what they... I didn't want to overhype the do. Utah Jazz, but I love the Utah Jazz. That's my Western Conference team. I love this yeah, team. I'm, I'm all in on, on making... Being the Jazz, my Western Conference team, <laughs> which, which is so weird. That was my favorite <laughs> playoff run. When like that series with Oklahoma City was just so fun for me to watch. Like the push off P stuff and Mitt Romney, like Mitt Romney trash talking Russ was so funny. And I, that I've was had one of the most beautiful things. I've seen. I have a weird, weird. I had a weird thing about uh, Ricky Rubio. I got like emotional about Ricky Rubio. Like when he had that triple double. Me too. Like, <laughs> it was like it was actually so inspiring. Because they would just, to just see Ricky Rubio. Right. I don't know what it came from. Cause like, I was like, I, I think part of it. I, I I think at least for me, um, it's you know Ricky Rubio. I think had been undervalued, just kind of trapped in Minnesota for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was just really great to see him like on a big stage, just showing off and being like, "No, I am like a super talented like player. Like appreciate me, right?" Right. That was dope as hell. Because I was a really big on him when, like, when he first like came from Spain. I was like, this guy's gonna like change everything. And then he had a lot of injury problems in Minnesota, and he was just in a bad situation in Minnesota. And that was, if you think Minnesota's bad now, like he was when they were like really bad. He, I think he was still there when David Kahn was there, right? Um, as a GM. But 
Yeah, he. I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but he. Yeah, he. Um. Yeah, he was just like in a bad situation, and it's like I, you kind of forgot about him. And he went to Utah, and it's like he just kind of balled out, and he's like he did in like big moments. I was like, oh my God, Ricky Rubio. Like I, I don't know. It, it was a weird. It was like I didn't know I cared about Ricky Rubio this much. <laughs> no, it's it's really interesting to 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 think about like you know uh, what Ricky Rubio did after leaving Minnesota is like who could like Wiggins and Cat be if they managed to escape this black hole of like talent and happiness that is the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do you know the comedian um, Joe Mandy? Uh, no. Okay, he is a writer for like Parks and Rec, and I think he writes for The Good Place now. He was on like a basketball podcast I listened to. It was before like Jimmy Butler like burned the practice facility down, but like he was just talking about how like depressing it is to be a Wolves fan. I was like, oh man, I really wish you were on here two days later. I wanted to. He probably would have declined going on the podcast. It's really dark. Like they're they're. I feel really bad for Minnesota fans because like that team is like one of the worst run franchises in all of professional sports. Mm-hmm. Like not even just now, just like historically over their whole existence. It's right. <clears throat> but they did make it to the Western uh, Conference Final one year. <laughs> yeah, that that one year, right? <laughs> they had. I, I, I mean that that should that should you know put the nail in the coffin right there. They had KG. And the farthest they got was the Western Conference Finals once. Right. And that was it. With KG. Yeah. Like, like that is almost as bad as, like, the like LeBron's first run in Cleveland and how little success that they had there. Mm-hmm. But at least they made it to an NBA Finals. Yeah, like, Cleveland, yeah, now that I think about it, they, they, they got swept by San Antonio that one year. So, honestly, like, Cleveland did a better job right. than, like, many did with, uh, with KG. So, yeah. It's it's real bleak. Um, and your number one team is, on is the Clippers, I assume. The... Wait, what's up? I said your number one team is like the Clippers and like um, the Kings, I assume. Those are your top two. Oh, yeah. I guess the Clippers, well, you know, they turned it around in recent years, obviously. But, yeah, the, the Donald Sterling Clippers were, I would say, far and away, like the worst one. <laughs> no, I, mean, I was I was saying your number one and two seed are the Kings and the Clippers. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it's really telling, like how like those questions like basically had the same answers too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Do you know the Kings? Uh, you know, with uh, with Marvin Bagley the third. Yeah. I think they're definitely a lock for the number one seed. You know, you got De'Aaron Fox, you got Buddy Heald. Um, they, I was gonna say Vince Carter, but they don't even have Vince Carter anymore. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it. Like, like, who was on the Kings, like, other than the three dudes I just mentioned? Um, not much, but you know what? Their alternative logos are actually pretty dope. Have you seen, like, that? They're mo- sick. Yeah. They're sick, I yeah. saw, like, a Snapback that was, like, that black hat with their alternative logo, and I was like, I want one of those. If I was from, if I was in Sacra- from Sacramento, I would definitely wear that hat. For sure, for sure. And then, you know, it, it, it's a great flag to just be everyone, like, please buy me a drink. Just show me, like any pity please yeah <laughs> i'm a king's fan but at least they um, at least lady bird is was filmed there yeah you, you know that is uh that's definitely uh, makes up for everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so what, um, what order did you put the rockets in the warriors uh, uh no actually uh, number two is me no i'm just i'm, I'm 
I'm messing with you. Um, oh, you are a the, Devin Booker hater. Don't think I wasn't going to ask you. I, I, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> okay. to that in a bit. Okay. Um, uh, and number two, I hit Houston, actually. Uh, my main reason for that is um, I think Houston is another one of these teams that is like low-key, uh, kind of dropped off a little bit from where they were last year. Um, I think they lost both. Uh, they, they lost a reason to the Suns for sure. I know that. I think he's he's a really underappreciated player, too. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge stand for him just because of that one amazing season he played for the Wizards. Um, but they also, didn't they uh, lose Mbah Mute? Yeah, they did. I think those dudes were really important for their defense, which obviously when everyone thinks about the Rockets, they think about, you know, one offensively amazing team they were. But they're, uh, you, you know, getting um, losing those two key defensive pieces, I think, will kind of knock them down in the standings a little bit. Um, and they didn't really add much on the offensive end. Um, like, obviously, Melo's not going to make a huge dent there. So, uh, And then at number one is obviously Golden State by default. <laughs> the boring pick. This is our, our basketball overlords. Yeah, at least until KD leaves. Right. Then, then it gets more interesting. Yeah. Uh, if KD leaves, we'll see. I think he's free agent next year. I think he, I don't think he's going to stay. No, I don't think he will either. I mean, it was, it, it was like... Um, you know, I don't want to be too hot takey here, but I think it's pretty clear that he was just like, I, I need my rings, you know, pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just going to go be awesome in Golden State. Yeah, and he took um, a lot of less money. Like, I, I want my max deal now. Uh, very understandable. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you, you know, so I think Golden State was his resume building team. And he thought that the Thunder couldn't be that, obviously, which is a little weird because, like, the Thunder were, like, almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess he just wanted the absolute 100% certainty right. of May padding. And, um, you know, it's not to diminish his accomplishments, actually, because even though I think he took, uh, uh, you know, reputationally, he kind of went down on the list of, like, everyone's top players, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, in, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of casual fans wouldn't even necessarily think of him as a top five player anymore just because, you know, he's kind of competing with um, Steph for the limelight on that team a little bit. Uh, but, you know, he, he did do some really impressive things for Golden State. I think what he did, uh, obviously, like, Golden State could be uh, championship contenders without him, mm-hmm. but he just gives them, like, the like pushes them over the edge into, like, the 100% certainty department, right? Because when Golden State, you know, hits a dry spell shooting-wise, like, just give the ball to KD, and, and he will get you buckets. Uh, he will be impactful on the defensive end, obviously. Like it's kind of disgusting how the, how many players they have to just like fall back on, you know, uh, including including Boogie now if he gets back to health. But, yeah, it's r- um, ridiculous. I'm glad you um, I'm glad you brought up the Steph, KD kind of overshadow like overshadowing each other because that brings us to our next thing, which is like the awards. Um, uh, I think I would I think KD is actually the best team, the best player on the Warriors probably. Just skill wise, um, but he'll never. I, while he's with the Warriors, I don't think he'll ever win MVP. Um, no, maybe. I mean, he That's won. Enough. I think he won Finals MVP two years in a row, right? But not regular yes, season. Just because they're because Steph and KD are just gonna cancel each other out. But um, exactly. Yeah, we can get into the awards. Let's start with the main one. Um, this is kind of an easy one with MVP. Um, because I feel like you do this every year. But I'm gonna say LeBron. Just because I think MVP and, like, awards are narrative-driven a lot. And I think, like, um, you know, last year you kind of – it was kind of 
finally Harden's time to get his MVP, and then the year before mm-hmm. it was Russ's triple double season. So, you know, and I just think this kind of narrative, if to take the Lakers from where they were, from a lottery pick, from a lottery team to like possibly a top three, top four seed, maybe. I, I don't think they're going to be that high, but I think if, he, if they're in the top four, I think it's because he's going to just, it just could be because LeBron is like God. So I think he wins MVP. I think definitely um, if if the younger guys aren't taking as much of a jump as expected, but the Lakers still manage to win a playoff series, I definitely think he has to be in in discussion. And I think like the the MVP actually is just dependent on regular season, right? Yeah, it's just a regular season award, but they give oh, yeah, it out right, like so... a month after the season. It's really annoying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, if you, if you do really well in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. And then everyone online um, is like, oh, well, he, should, well, he sucked in the playoffs. It was like, it's not a playoff award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whoever, you know. But, yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess I would amend that to be, like, if he can pull the Lakers into, like, home court advantage range, mm-hmm. then I think that's, like, he, he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. And that's why I couldn't just, like, count him out. Because otherwise, like, if he was just on, like, Cleveland and – even if he's like literally the best player in the NBA because it's narrative driven, I wouldn't have even had him in the conversation if he was still in Cleveland. Well, um, yeah, that's why I think like LeBron James doesn't win MVP every year because like you could re- honestly pretty much give him the award every year, but like when he does, like, basically drags Cleveland to another Finals. It's like we've seen it already. It's like you kind of have to. It's kind. I feel like it's you have to do. Uh, what have you done for me lately? Kind of. It's like oh, we've seen you drag this team to the Finals. You know, or dragged into like the number one seed in the regular season, but this is a different situation. If he can do a similar kind of thing, then I think that he probably wins the MVP. Who, who's your pick? Are you LeBron picking LeBron? Would pretty much have to like if he was still in Cleveland, he would have to like win a series playing one on five yeah. to, to win right. the MVP or something like that. <laughs> uh, but who, who is your is LeBron your pick? Or do we agree on this? Or uh, Le- LeBron is more of a dark horse pick for me. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking, like, just dudes, because it's narrative-driven, um, I think it could be Giannis is actually best positioned to capitalize on the narrative that's been set up. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously the Bucks have kind of fallen short of their expectations over the past few years. And if um, if Giannis comes in with a bit more of a developed game and he can bring the Bucks to, like, home court advantage, 50-plus wins... Uh, I think he really belongs in the MVP discussion. And I think uh, 80s kind of in a similar situation, mm-hmm. I would say, too. The difference being, I think, the uh, obviously since it's narrative-driven based on your team as well, um, I just don't think New Orleans is set up as well to capitalize on, on 80s opportunity at MVP, right? Uh, I, I think Giannis is in a better situation to, to get that award this year. Um, so, uh, Giannis is, is, that's, that's my heart pick cause I love Giannis, but I also think it's like just most likely just based on like the field, you know, a lot of the best players have already gotten their MVPs and I don't expect them to perform at a level where they could exceed those expectations. So I think the next person on the list is Giannis. Uh, but LeBron's in there. I think I had him like number three. Uh, another sleeper could be Kawhi. Like if he comes back and really balls out for Toronto, mm-hmm. um, Specifically, if he can bring Toronto, well, I guess it's it's not a playoff thing again. I need to keep telling myself. Right. But, uh, if he can beat their uh, franchise win records again, and maybe get them like above Boston and into like the sixty sixty five win range, then I think you also have to consider Kawhi 
uh, as a candidate for MVP too. Because uh, he's also sort of been on the short list these past few years. Obviously, he was not on the short list last year, but the year before that, you know, he's kind of like the hipster pick for MVP. Um, so I think he could be in it, but that's pretty much my list for MVPs. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you with the – well, I mean with your whole list of what you said, but definitely Giannis, if I had to pick like a second alternative to LeBron just to like not just say like the best player in the world, I would probably say Giannis. Um but I feel yeah. like the uh, if you heard noise in the background, I had to charge my computer. Um, but my um, but um, so um, we can move on to the next award. This one should be easier. At least it was easier for me. Um, Rookie of the year, um, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, yeah, it, it's his race to lose. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big guy, a big uh, big Luka guy. Um, I um. I, I think the Hawks are crazy for trading for um, Trey Young. Although he hasn't looked bad in preseason, and he's going to be able to shoot the lights out. He's going to he's going to have fifty shots if he wants, and there's nobody else who's going to take those shots. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I Luka Doncic for me is like um, unicorns too far because he's not like seven feet, but he's like almost like a Ben Simmons type kind of. He can kind of do those similar things because he's six seven. He could play pretty much. He pretty much played like guard and like point guard in Europe. So um, I'm excited to watch him. And I, him with Dennis Smith is going to be interesting. The Dallas Mavericks are going to be fun to watch. They're not going to win a lot of games, but they'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Like some people have them like sneaking in the playoff race. I, like I don't think they'll be that good, but um, I think they're definitely going to be better, much better than they were last year mm-hmm. with uh, Luka on the team. Uh, the the one thing I think the Ben Simmons comparison is interesting because I think one of his weak points is just uh, he doesn't seem like super athletic, honestly, mm-hmm. which which may be a weak point as he you know as these teams get better and um, you know he becomes a more relevant player and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, yeah, he just looks absolutely amazing. <laughs> All right, well that one that one was easy. Um, um, we uh, coach of the year, coach of the year. I'm gonna say uh, Brad Stevens if. Boston is as good as everyone says. I think it's a slam dunk that he wins Coach of the Year. I think the only uh, the dark horse for me would be um, if the the crazy thing happens that I mentioned in the playoff picture and the Jazz like get to the two seed. Mm-hmm. I could kind of see Quinn Snyder there actually because I think he's been like a low key awesome coach in the NBA for a long time. And um, you know, if, if the Jazz really show out this year, I could see him getting Coach of the Year over Stevens, but again, I think it's Stevens' race to lose again. Honestly, I think Stevens should have gotten it last year, but, you know, Dwayne Casey kind of had the better story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all see how that went. Right. <laughs> um, okay, um, defensive player of the year, I've, um, I think, uh, like, Rudy Gobert repeats. Uh, that's what uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's who I had too. Yeah. yeah. Um, saw one of his nicknames. What was it? I was looking on Basketball Reference. Um, one of his nicknames was really dumb on there. Um, I do like the French. Oh, I mean, reg- all the nicknames on Basketball Reference. <laughs> like, I don't think any human has actually like said like most of them. The French. The French <laughs> rejection is pretty good though. Um, the one I was like that made me groan was um, the Gobert report. I like I mean, those ones are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Those the... ones are awesome. <laughs> those are sick. The French rejection, like I, 
Um, six man. Um, I would say Terry Rozier. Um, a lot of Boston, Boston, and and these picks. But yeah, um, he could be a starter and for many teams in this league. Um, so yeah, I got, that's an interesting pick. I'm sorry. What? Oh, I was, I was just saying that's an interesting one. Yeah, I I just think I I think a lot of the awards are gonna go to Celtic just because they're gonna be the best team, and that kind of. <laughs> That kind of helps, especially like because they're they're so deep, uh, like they're just so such a like they have a lot of depth on their bench and stuff. So I just I just think it's going to be probably like maybe Dennis Schroeder could do it too if he if like if he really like uh, is good with the second unit in Oklahoma City. What I think was like a better role from him than being like the main guy. Maybe Dennis Schroeder, but I I would say probably uh, Terry Rozier. Yeah, that's a that's a um, that's a good um kind of low key pick. That's, I like that one. Uh, and honestly, you know, you could pick a bunch of dudes on the on the Raptors who could also fall into that bucket, like maybe uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh-huh. You know, there's a scenario where he's really good next year. Uh, probably not the long right, but uh, if OG Ananobi uh, uh, is still coming off the bench, I could see him as six man of the year. Right. Uh, as well. All right. Well. Um... We can, let's let's wrap it up with some whiz talk. Um, we have the, we have the floor. You know, of course, as I said earlier, there's no. I'm looking around, still checking for LeBron's dance. It's just us, us sad Wizards fans here. <laughs> um, can we not talk about the Wizards? <laughs> well, <laughs> well um, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's just get out of the way. So uh, we should wrap it up anyway. Um, so the Wizards had an interesting off season. Don't know if you can call it a good off season, but they did have they did make some moves. Um, so, um, the first thing that they did, they finally traded, uh, um, Martian Gortat to the, to the LA Clippers. Um, Thank God. um, they traded him for Austin Rivers. <laughs> Everyone's kind of clowning us for, for that move or have been. I think it's actually, you know, obviously Austin Rivers is still kind of a joke to me, but, um, last year, honestly, if you, if you look at what he did for the Clippers, he's actually pretty good. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of excited because he looks like he could be one of the better backup guards that Washington has had in this like whole era uh, if he plays to the best of his abilities. So I think that one was kind of a steal for us, honestly. Yeah, I... I'm frankly shocked that, that... I mean, Doc was responsible for that move, right? Uh, he's not the GM anymore, so I don't know if, I don't know if he... how much of a hand he has in it. I mean, I'm sure he... Oh, okay. I'm sure they asked him <laughs> if it was okay, I guess, or... I don't know. I, I'm sure he had some sort of hand in it, but I, he's not like running the front office anymore, or running like the being the GM anymore. Um, I don't. Yeah, I I think um, Austin Rivers is, good, is definitely going to be good for um, the second unit, considering that like when Wall and Beal came off the floor, comes off the floor, it's like it's like watching like an amateur team. It's like really it can be get really bad when they're not on the floor. Um, 
you know, the starters pretty much one through five are pretty good. But, like, once it gets to the bench, it's, like, it's pretty awful to watch, which is basketball. So that's pretty good. The problem I had with the Austin Rivers trade wasn't so much, like, it was just what we did at at center, which is, like, which we'll get into. But, like, it was kind of like, okay, we have Gortat now. is like, but now we have Jan Mahimi as our starting center. So what will we do about that? Yeah. Uh, and it looked for a minute like it was like, we're just going to, like, cause they were like, we're fine with starting with Jan Mahimi. We, we love Jan Mahimi. It's like, oh, no, don't say that. But they did make a move. I, I, was, I was, like, prepared to do some bleak shots whenever they <laughs> um, They did eventually make a move, and it, um, they got Dwight Howard. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Hopefully he can get in a time machine. Maybe it would take us back to 2010. Um, although... Also, the thing about Dwight Howard is not just, like, his personality. It's just, like, is his back going to be okay? It's like, it's always a question because I think – I don't think he needs to be that involved in the offense. You know, I just think he needs to be a rim protector and get a lot of rebounds. I don't think he necessarily needs to be, like, scoring 20 points a night. I, I think that's taken care of. I think he's he's still good, a good defensively and a good rim protector, but it's just, like, I'm worried about his back. That was the thing that concerned me the most. Uh, besides all, like, him being a locker room cancer. <laughs> yeah, uh, funny you should mention the pack injuries, because uh, just recently we got one of our best wizard stories of the whole offseason, which was that uh, uh, Dwight was complaining, complaining about back problems, and he went to a specialist in New York, and it turns out medically, uh, medically speaking, uh, Dwight was butthurt. And that is going to keep him <laughs> on the sidelines for the season opener. He had an injury, injury in the piriformis muscle, I think it's, it's how it's pronounced. Uh-huh. But it's deep there in the butt. Uh, so, you know, this is like probably the most Dwight Howard story that's ever happened. Is, you know, can't play tonight because I'm butthurt. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you the Austin Rivers quote is um, uh, he was like, why the fuck is everyone mad at, like, hyping up, like, the Pacers and the Celtics? We got a chance to, like, like be in the mix. And it's like, calm down. Let's get to the season first before we talk about, like, we'll be, like, top three seed. That's the thing that's been driving me crazy more than anything. It's like, even John himself said, we need to, like, shut the fuck up as a team and stop talking all this shit. And, like, immediately after, like, literally immediately after what happens, right, Marquise Morris gets up on the on the press podium and he's just like, I don't think Boston has ever been more talented than us. We've always been more talented than Boston. I'm like, dude, please just, like, for for the fans' sake, just shut the fuck up for, like, <laughs> like just give us a few weeks, please. A right. few weeks where we're not getting laughed at for just being, like, totally overconfident and deluded. And, and just, like, the Austin Rivers thing, I, I will say that that quote was kind of taken out of context, because, like, a, a little bit. Because, uh, like, essentially what he was saying is, like, you know, everyone's ready to hand the conference over to Boston and Philly. Um, but, you know, the Patriots made a run last year. You know, we could do the same thing, sort of thing, where it's like, I see where you're coming from. I, I kind of agree with you on Philly. I don't at all agree with you on Boston. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if, if, if it's really been communicated to the team that a priority PR-wise this year is not going out and saying stupid shit in the media, then, you know, he shouldn't have even like said anything remotely approaching that right 
Right, yeah. You know, just be complimentary of Boston and Philly. Say, you know, oh, they got some nice talent. Uh, I believe in our team. You know, I think we're, we're going to surprise some people this year. Don't say, like, why the fuck aren't we talking about, like, Boston? It's like, look at Boston's roster and then look at Washington's roster. That is why. <laughs> right? Right. You know, and, and, and I know, you know, as a player for a team, you can't go up on stage and just be like, no, I don't think my team is as good as that team. But it's like, you don't have to go, like, to that extent, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's just, like, another thing that's just, like, incredibly frustrating about the team. I would say even more than the Dwight stuff, you know, I, I think Dwight's been, like, pretty low-key, all things considered, this offseason, aside from his beef with Shaq, which is kind of, like, a funny little thing. But, um, you know, just, like, stop talking shit. Just, just play basketball. Let the results speak for themselves, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you're actually higher on the Wizards than I am. Um, I don't, I don't, I just think that there's injury concern. There's a lot of guys with like who, like you know, John Wall. Also, um, people are doing John Wall's like fat stuff again. And it's like he's gonna play himself into shape. Like, don't worry about it. They're professional athletes. They like train like crazy. It's it'll it's fine. <laughs> Well, it's, it's also like like it's hilarious to me that people are calling like John fat who like. Dude, like, most people would kill for, like, John's body composition overall just because he looks, like, slightly chunkier than, like, the average NBA guard doesn't make him fat, right? Right. Yeah, pe- people are, like, I-, I feel, like, primed to pounce on, like, just because, like, John had a slip last year, primed to pounce on, like, oh, he's fatter, he's not as athletic as he used to be or whatever, you know, and people, like, point to, like, preseason footage of him not running as fast as possible. It's just, like, he's, like... It's the preseason. Who cares? He's not going to, like, burn himself out to, like, dunk super hard on, like, I don't know, Frank Nielakino. Right? Like, some G League <laughs> some G League guy trying to make the roster. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, he's not going to go all out for that. I, I think people are reading a bit too much into it. I think, like, I, I, I also said earlier that I think the Wiz are, uh, you know, a super high ceiling and super low floor type team. And that goes back to the injury thing, like you were saying. Um, you know, frankly, Otto Porter, uh, you know, he's a pretty big contributor to this team, and he's had low-key some injury problems over the past couple of seasons, mm-hmm. uh, just because he's, like, kind of quiet about it. But, you know, this year he had that whole thing where it's just like, I need to have leg surgery, like, tomorrow, or I might lose my leg type thing. Uh, and I think also the year before, he was he's had pretty consistent hip problems. Um, and every time they come up, you can kind of just see uh, the quality of the, the play on, on the court just uh, diminish greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's because, like, Otto uh, kind of loses his ability to shoot well uh, when that happens, uh, and he can sit out more, and they lose a really valuable uh, option on offense. Uh, so that's one concern. Obviously, John has had persistent, like, knee problems, uh, so that's another thing to look out for. Um I was actually kind of, like, I was pretty freaked out last year when he's just, like, it seems like every other season he has, like, some sort of problem with his knees, right? Right. That's pretty concerning, uh, especially if he doesn't continue to develop his game to be less about, like, running, like, at 100 miles per hour and just yamming it on dudes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there are those concerns. But I think if John is, like, at the level that he was in 2017, uh, you know, this this team could creep up toward 50 wins um and obviously that also depends on Dwight like you said playing the role that he really needs to play uh which is uh like 
Honestly, the Wizards should have a massive uh, rebounding improvement uh, this season. Right. Uh, that was low-key one of our weaknesses last year. Actually, we were terrible in rebounding. Uh, Gortat especially, if you look at his rebounding stats, he, like, average, I think, dropped off, like, three or four <laughs> total rebounds in his average from 2017 to 2018. Um, so just having, like, someone who can rebound competently is going to help us a lot. Um, I think the main thing for Dwight, too, is to, like, stop demanding, like, post-ups and, like, all this other stupid stuff, right? Like, set picks when you need to, uh, get offensive rebounds, you know, uh, catch lobs. That's well, another huge thing. Well, he, never had well, he's going to be a, he's going to be a stretch big. What are you talking about? He's going to be some raining, raining in threes like Porzingis. Uh, excuse you. That's that's uh, that's my man from France, Jan Mastrin. <laughs> this is true. Okay. Good good point. <laughs> um, so I guess we're I would say cautiously optimistic. Are you a little more, or at least the you think the ceiling's a little more higher than me? I think I definitely think they make the playoffs. I just don't think their their ceiling's super high. Um, yeah, I, I mean maybe they do like better in the regular season than they did even in 2017. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. Um all right, well, um I think that wraps it up. Um so uh you know, you can follow us on uh Foul Trouble a podcast on Instagram. Um and all one word. Um and um we're on Facebook. Uh we're on all the podcast things that you subscribe to. Like and subscribe. Um if you like soccer, you can listen to Indirect Kick. That's a soccer podcast that I host. Um if uh oh Sean, you do wanna you trying to get you trying to get your cloud up? You wanna promote anything? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have any plugs, man. You know I'm not part of your system. Oh okay, all right. Well, um, just catch Sean watching basketball. Talking. Well, <laughs> next time you're on, uh, catch me we'll, on the street, son. Yeah, next time you're on, we'll <laughs> we'll I'll have you just give me 50 minutes on shitting on Devin Booker. We didn't talk about him, but um. Oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I think that wraps it up. All right, guys. Um, happy basketball season. Later. Peace. See ya.